miss him. It's, uh, but I'm thankful for the opportunity to give honor to uh, the mother of our church here, Sister Darlene. Thankful to her. Thankful for my dear wife and my family. All of you here, God is a, God is a good God. He has blessed us. Hallelujah. He has blessed us tremendously. Hallelujah. If y'all give me one second, I'm going to take a sip of this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I think I'm going to do something very unusual today. Something I don't think I've ever done before. Hallelujah. I think I'm going to. I'm going to sing a song. Hallelujah. I, I sing a cappella with the jail. I don't ever have music, so I do good with none. So you guys don't have to rush back up here. Hallelujah. I don't know why. I hadn't sang this song in a long, long time. It just come to me when I was sitting in there. And um, you ever heard that song, I Won't Complain? Hallelujah. Anybody know there's some things going on in the world right now that just, uh, it just is, it's, it's a lot of, lot of turmoil, a lot of things going on. And when it comes to the church, it seems like sometimes it's really easy for that nonsense to spill into our world. Hallelujah. And I, I don't claim to be a singer. My sister is a singer. My brother is a singer. And I, I, uh, I carry the bucket that they carry the tune in. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I'm going to try to try to bless you with this because it's on my heart. <coughs> I've had some good days. And I've had some hills to climb. And I've had some, some weary days. I've had some sleepless nights. Oh, but when I look around and I think things over, all of my good days outweigh my bad days. So I won't complain. Sometimes the clouds hang low, and I can hardly see the road. And I ask this question, Lord, why so much pain? Oh, but he knows what's best for me. Oh, my weary eyes, they can't see. I'll just say thank you, Lord, and I won't complain. You see, God's been so good to me. He's been so good to me. More than this old world could ever be. God's been so good to me. He dried all my tears away. He turned all my nights into days. So I'll just say thank you, Lord. I'll say thank you, Lord. I'll just say thank you, Lord. And I 
I won't complain. Hallelujah. Has God been good to you? Hallelujah. Has God been good to you? Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I don't know about y'all. Y'all can be seated. I don't know about you, but I, I, I too, in this life, we go through things. Here lately, it seems like I've been going through some things, a, a fog and some issues, and sometimes it's real easy to complain. Sometimes it's real easy to, to not understand where things are coming from and where they're happening and where they're going, and sometimes it, it seems like God is so far away. Hallelujah. That song says, Hallelujah, I won't complain. Hallelujah, though the clouds hang low. I can't see my path. I can't see the road. I don't know which direction to turn. Hallelujah, I'm not going to fall in with the world. I'm not going to fall in with the nonsense. I'm not going to fall in with the anger. I'm not going to fall in with the complaining. Hallelujah, but I'm going to give you thanks. For in all things, hallelujah, I will give you thanks. Hallelujah, Philippians, the second chapter, verses, verse number 12. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Hallelujah. First John 2, 15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Final scripture, Judges 16. 25, it says, And it came to pass, when their hearts were merry, that they said, Call for Samson, that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house, and he made them sport. And they set him between the pillars, and Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there, and there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. Hallelujah. And I'd like to minister on this thought, a Philistine perspective. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful for your word today, God. I'm thankful, God, for being in this place, Lord. I'm thankful for my brothers and sisters. God, I'm thankful, Lord, for an opportunity, God, Lord, to share your word. God, the things that you've kept me up for, oh God, Lord, the, the time that I've invested in, the, in this is nothing, God, because what you have is eternal. And God, I pray today, Lord, that the word increases, Lord, my brothers and sisters' faith. I pray today, God, that the word, God, it helps us along. Lord, as we not uh, be caught up in things in this world, Lord, but we rejoice, hallelujah, in your salvation. Father, I ask you, Lord, to anoint my lips. God, I am nothing today. I can do nothing without you, God. Lord, but I ask you, Lord, anoint me to bring your word, Father. God, I ask you, Lord, to speak through me today, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That I be nothing, God, but that you be lifted up. In your precious name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the church said, Amen. amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A Philistine perspective. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Samson was born to a man named Manoah. I'm sure most of you know this story. It's, God, it's one of the most common stories in the Bible. Our children know it. It's in the, it's in the little children's Bibles. You know, we recently bought our grandson a little, little Bible, and it's got all the stories and the pictures and stuff. He's three, and, you know, we got him his, his little children's Bible, and, and uh, we, we give it to him. And, and I thought, man, this is going to be great. And thinking a three-year-old attention span is rather short, you know, we started opening it up. He's seeing the pictures, and I opened, read the first story. starts in Genesis, you know. He said, Papa, I'll read another one. And I said, well, this is good, you know. Man, I read another one. We got to the end of that. Well, Papa, I'll read another one. And I said, and man, before it got long, I'm like, I can't read this. This book is real. I can't read this whole thing tonight, Grayson, you know. It, uh, he looked at those pictures, and, and it wasn't long. He was started just flipping pages, and he about could figure out the stories on his own. He, he started, he loved the animals, and he, he was, you know, he about to write his own stories, you know. It, uh, but at three years old, he was loving the Word of God as they depicted it in these pages. And hallelujah. Samson is a very uh, popular story, but, but for the sake of those that may not know it as well, I, I want to lay, lay a little foundation. And, and uh, I got somewhere I'm going and just using this for our springboard. And Samson, uh, his father Manoah, uh, his, his mother was barren in her womb. Uh, had no children, and an angel of the Lord come by and spoke to her. And, and I'll go quickly through this. He, he, he says, you know, you're going to have a, a child. You're going to have a son. And, and this son, he is, he is going to uh, be a Nazarite. And, and upon having a Nazarite in this vow, he began to give her instructions of things that she could not do while this child was in her womb, things that she could not consume, and, and these different things. And uh, they began to, he began to tell her something very important, though, uh, about this. He says, this child... He is going to be the beginning of setting his people free from the Philistines. He was born with a purpose, and, 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 and he had a, a calling, and his whole purpose and calling in his life, and the reason for the anointing that he felt was that his purpose was to deliver his people from bondage. We find that very quickly in Scripture as we begin to read about Samson's life. You know, we, we all know that Samson, did, he didn't do everything just right, but we begin to quickly notice that one of the things that, uh, that he had, he had kind of two, two things that stood out. One is that he had an extraordinary amount of power and strength. The other thing that he had a, a eye for Philistine women. It's, uh, it seemed like it didn't matter that one or the next or the next. His daddy even said, he said, well, well, can't you take one of the ladies from, oh, no, this is the one I want. He said, fetch her for me. Anybody know why? He said, for she pleases me well. Hallelujah. He had an eye for her. So we find in Scripture, we look, and we find it's not very far away. Samson comes across a lion, and I'll go quickly through this. He, he, this lion comes up. The Bible says with his bare hands, he, he slays this lion. He, he, he rips his jaws apart. He, he kills this lion, uh, something that no man can do. And I believe it began to building faith in Samson as he's uh, approaching his, his life, and he's seeing the adventuring into the power and the anointing he's feeling. It's not very far away. We find him uh, facing 30 Philistine men. He kills these 30 men, and, and the whole reason and purpose for killing these men was simply just to take their garments and spoils because he had a bet that he lost, and, and, and he was fulfilling it from the other Philistines. So, so he, he got angry. He decided he'd kill these Philistines and pay with their garments and things this, this debt that he owed. We find over and over we begin to see the strength of this man. We begin to see a, a, almost a carelessness 
in the way he, he handles things. We find him catching 30, uh, not 30, but 300 foxes, and he ties their tails together with firebrands and sets them loose into the fields on fire of the Philistines. Burns all their corn, the, the stalks, he burns the, 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 the olives, he burns the vineyards. Can you imagine? Now, we talk a lot about Samson, but could you imagine that you were a, of a Philistine nation? Could you imagine how they must hate Samson? Could you imagine how they, their focus was, was anger against him? That he carelessly uh, would take lives uh, uh, from their people. In his anger and wrath over something that someone else did, he decides to destroy all the Philistine fields. All their, their vineyards and their, 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 their olives. Could you imagine how they felt about him? Hallelujah. I'm talking to you today about a Philistine perspective. Hallelujah. Samson went down to Gaza. The Bible said to be with a harlot. Down with these Philistines. As the Philistines knew he was coming. They, they heard about it. and They caught him inside. They locked the gate. And they decided they were going to get him. And the Bible said about midnight, the, the power, the anointing of God got upon him. He went out and he took these gates, ripped them from their hinges, took the gates, the bar that locked the gates, the pillars that held it all together, put it upon his shoulders and said he just carried them away. Hallelujah. Such power. Hallelujah. Such power when the anointing come upon him. Hallelujah. They even went so far as the, 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 the Philistine people trying to figure a way to defeat this man. They said, we've got to figure something out. So maybe we'll just, we'll go. You have to realize that God's people was in bondage to the Philistines. So we, they went down to the people. And they, they, they began to uh, threaten to, to cause harm and, and things to them if they couldn't get Samson to, to submit. So, so 3,000 of God's people went up to Samson. They're like, do you not know what you're doing to us? We're not strong like you are. We, we, we can't do the things that you are doing. They're threatening us if we can't get to turn you over to them. Things are going to happen to us because of the things that you're choosing to do. So what Samson do? Samson said, okay. He allowed them to bind him. They took new, new cords and bound his hands. And he went with them, turned them over to the Philistines. Hallelujah. Once again, the Bible says the power, the anointing of God come upon him broke those bands like it was just melting wax. Looked down and seen a, a jawbone of a, a Bible says a jawbone of an ass, a donkey. Seen a jawbone and he, he began to, to slay the, the Philistine men. The Bible said, he said, heaps and heaps with a jawbone of an ass. I slayed a thousand men. These are uh, not defenseless people. These are men of, of war. These are men of battle. Can you imagine one man with a jawbone against men with swords and spears and, 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 and with shields and helmets and, and, and brass and all these things. Can you imagine as the bodies begin to pile, as he, he is killing one after another, not, not with a knife, not with a gun, not, not, not even with a sword or a spear, but with a bone that he picked up laying on the ground. Hallelujah. Can you imagine being a Philistine? Can you imagine what it would have felt like of, of that people to see an enemy that seems so impossible to defeat? The Bible said that Samson went on and 
he judged over God's people for another 20 years. 20 years. He, these people, they, they constantly, time and time again, they, they, they never give up. You see, they constantly through the Scriptures, that's one thing you've got to give it about the Philistines, that they were not slack for trying. They, they, they did not uh, fall short on, uh, on trying to defeat him. Hallelujah. Sometimes we give up a little too easy, but the Philistines, they didn't. Hallelujah. The Philistines, they didn't. They continued trying. We read a little further in Scripture, and we find out that Samson, he fell in love with a woman named Delilah. Another woman of the Philistines. And we read that the Scripture says, now you got to look, this is, this is 20-something years. This man has been terrorizing Philistine people. We look oftentimes at Samson and all the things of his stories and we hear about his failures and we hear about his triumphs and we focus a lot on Samson. But have you ever thought about the people that he was taking and at will destroying? Have you ever thought about the people that, that lost brothers and they, they lost daddies and they lost family members in these uh, uh, battles that, that was completely hopeless? Can you imagine how they felt? There had to be a hatred. There had to not only be a hatred, but there had to be a fear. We live in a world right now where people have lost fear. They've lost fear. We don't have fear of God. We don't have fear of man. We don't have fear of authority. We see things constantly. I seen a video of a, of a man. It was a, a news thing, and, and, and this officer was coming forth, and he was telling him, hey, stop, stop. The man was on the phone. He's walking away, and he, the, the officer continues to tell him to stop. He's not. He just keeps looking at him angrily. The officer pulls out his taser. He said, if you don't stop, I'm going to tase you. And quickly, the guy pulls out a pistol. Pow, 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 pow. The officer's camera on his vest was recording him being shot four times. You begin to hear the officer crying for his life as he's trying to get back to his car, wanting some help. The man looked at him with disgust, ready to just kill him. Didn't know him, didn't know anything about him. All the officer did was tell him to stop. We live in a world where people are no longer afraid. Why do you think we see all the nonsense on the news? Uh, they're riding in the streets, the things that they're doing, they're killing people day after day, driving cars through crowds, all the things that's going on, all the terrorism. Because we're fighting hatred. And when you fight hatred of someone that has no fear, you're, you're fighting an enemy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But my Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Hallelujah. People are so in love with the things of this world that it's very easily to allow these things to begin to influence you. Very easily to allow the enemy to begin to try to creep in on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we find here, 20 years he's been, he's been go, uh, going over God's people. Hallelujah. He had one obvious weakness, those Philistine women. So as they begin to tempt Delilah with offering her an extreme amount of silver, a whole lot more silver than it was took to, 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 to sell out our Savior. They, began to, they, they hated him, and they wanted so desperately for some way to find out how to defeat him. They were willing to give more, offer more money than I think that I've heard of anyone being offered in the Scripture. Hallelujah for deception. And she, she said, okay. And she allowed Samson to love her. Hallelujah. But she was only deceiving him. 
Hallelujah. We know the story, and I, I'm, I'm about to change gears here. We're going a different direction. We know the story. Samson was laying in her lap, and you know how she did. She said, oh, if you love me, you'll tell me the source of your strength. Samson made up something the first time, and she did it. Called the Philistines. Y'all know the story. He got up. Man, he whooped them Philistines one more time. Wreaked a little more terror. Went on about his way. She said, oh, you don't love me. You lied to me. Tell me the source of your strength. If you love me, you tell me. We know several times that she began to weigh on him and weigh on him and weigh on him, and he would tell her this story and that story. And time and time again, he began to see the writing on the wall. We ask ourselves, how, how did he not realize what she was doing? You know, sometimes love is blind. The Bible says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Sometimes our, our heart don't always show us the writing on the wall. Sometimes we, we have to rely on things other than, than, than just what we feel. But what did Samson do? He finally, she pressed on him. He said, I'm going to tell you the source of my strength. And when she seen his heart was true, she said, this is it. When she did, she took, she cut the seven locks of his hair off, shaved his head, called for those Philistines, and Samson didn't even know the power of God was gone. Got up, Bible said, shook himself as times before. But nothing. They grabbed him. They held him for the first time. They was able to overcome Samson. For the first time, these soldiers, they grabbed him, and while they had him, they plucked his eyes out. Hallelujah. Talking about a Philistine perspective. Hallelujah. So I want to give you another perspective today. I want to ask you a question. With all the hatred, with all of the destruction that they had seen, with all the lives lost, with all the terror that went forth, why did they not kill him? If you have an enemy that is so great, and you have battled for so long, and you have went for, for so long a time fighting and seem to be effortlessly, and you finally overcome it. Why would they not kill him? Was there not surely someone that, that looked and said, this man is dangerous. I got scars from the, 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 the battles that I barely escaped from. We need to kill him now while he's down. You see, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you know, let, let's just be real, you know. Can I confess? I watch TV. Have any of you ever been, you're watching a show and you, 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 you know, maybe you got the bad guy and man, he's been just wreaking havoc and finally, man, somebody, man, they knock him out and he's out on the ground and they say, okay, let's run. I'm always like, don't just leave him there. You know what I'm saying? This is the bad guy. You finally got the upper hand. You knocked him out, man. At least tie him up. Yeah, finish him, man. Cut his head off. Do, do something, but don't just leave him laying there. So why did they not kill him when they had the chance? If they had, this story would end a lot differently. But they didn't. It took Samson. The Bible says that they, they took him and they took him into the prison. They, they, they shackled him up and they, they began to confine him. They began to restrict him. 
They, they put restrictions on him that, that, that held him in the prison house. And I, I would imagine just looking at this, the Bible said that they put him grinding at the mill. I can almost hear the, the conversations and arguments as well. He has cost us so much that if we just kill him, we don't get anything back. But if we make him grind our meal, if we, we put the corn in there, we make him work for us, at least we're getting something back. I don't know how long he, he was grinding at the mill. I don't know how, how many days and days went by as he was pushing round and round, as he's tied to this thing, as he's shackled into the prison, and over and over, round and circle after circle, eyes plucked out, can't see where he's going, has to be tied on to something to know where he's at. Someone has to guide him wherever he's going because he's been blinded. They plucked his eyes out. I don't know how long it was he was there. I, I don't know if they ever, Brother Travis, come in and decided to give him another haircut. I don't know how many haircuts, if there was any. Maybe they shaved his head a few times. I don't know how long all this took place. But I'll tell you what I do know. They lost fear of him. They lost fear of him. They got comfortable with Samson, the one that had been the terror, the one that had destroyed lives, the one that had killed their families, the one that wreaked havoc at will. The one that had power that they seemed like they never could overcome. They got comfortable around him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Judges 16, where we uh, started in 25, said it came to pass when their hearts <coughs> were merry that they said, Call for Samson that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house and he made them sport. And they set him between pil the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and the lords of the Philistines were there, and there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. The word sport, if we look it up in our Strong's Concordance for the Hebrew if you want to look it up at 7832, it's best I can pronounce it. Shahak means to laugh in pleasure or detraction. Uh, by implication, to play, to rejoice. To laugh, play, mock, usually in contempt or derision. To make sport, to jest, to play, including instrumental music, singing, dancing. To laugh mockingly. They decided they want to move him from the confines and bring him out and let him entertain us. That's what they were doing. They were, they were having some fun. For the chase, they, they decided that they, they, they want to bring him out, and, and they were having, the Bible said they were having a merry time. They, they said, let's bring Samson out for some sport. They were having a big party. Hallelujah, they were having a big old party. They decided to make sport of him. They decided to play with him. Can I just tell you something, church? We do that sometimes. We battle things in our life. Because we feel we have the Holy Ghost, we think we can handle anything. Because we got the Holy Ghost, we, we, we got the power 
We can handle anything. And I think sometimes because we're, we have this false sense of security, we feel like sometimes that it's not enough and we just need to be entertained a little bit. We need to be entertained. So they took Samson out and they, they began to, uh, to make sport of him and they began to have a big party. They, they began to go forth. And, and like I said, I don't know how long it was that, that he was grinding at that meal, but I know one thing for sure, they got careless. They got slack. They, they, they lost the fear. They lost the respect of, of this man that was so, so uh, uh, devastating to their lives. Hallelujah. They wanted to be entertained. Hallelujah. They decided it wasn't enough for him to be used as an instrument to work with as a tool, but they wanted to be entertained by him. Our other scripture reading in 1 John 2, 15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh. My God, we've preached about the lust of the flesh so much. There's no, there's no need me going there. We got it down. We, we, know, we know there's certain things we just don't do. Hallelujah. Lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father. We've heard we've been preached to death about pride and, and pride goeth before fall and all these things. But I'm going to tell you something, church. One of the things I think we've neglected is to talk about the lust of our eye. The lust of the eye. And we think sometimes because we have the Holy Ghost, we can control we, we, we can handle it, Brother Travis. The things that we see, we can process it. It's not going to affect me. I've I, I got it under control. I'm a saint of God. I, I've been saved. I, I got the Holy Ghost back years ago. I, I've been going to church. I've been putting money in the offering plate. My family's saved. Everything's good. We're in control. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't realize how far from control that we are. Hallelujah. Said, and the world passes away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. See, that's what it's all about. Hallelujah. There's things that are eternal. And the things that are eternal are not just godly things. The Bible says Satan, he's the prince of this air, but you know what? He's eternal. Because he's going to spend eternity somewhere. You and I, our souls are eternal. We're going to spend eternity somewhere. Some of the spiritual warfares that we fight, we think we have killed and defeated certain enemies in our life, but you cannot kill spiritual things. Hallelujah. Paul said, I have to die daily. Because the, the flesh that is within us, the, the, the enemy that's working from within, Paul also, in the Scripture, he said, when I wanted to do good, I, I couldn't do it because that, that which was within me, it, it cried out, it wanted to do wrong. And, and when I would do wrong, and I, though I wanted to do good, it wasn't me that was doing it, but it was that which was in me that caused me to do it. It's the sinful nature of man. Hallelujah. That is working from the enemy. From the days of the garden all the way until the, the, the last breath of the last uh, man or woman standing, the enemy's trying to hurt us. He's trying to wound us. He's trying to slip in. And see, what happens is, as saints of God, if we're not careful, we become like these Philistines. We feel like we got everything defeated. We just get a little careless, that's all. 
we forget about the things we've heard of old. Hallelujah. Now look around the room here. I, I don't see a whole lot of uh, real older folks. But you know, 50 years ago when that little black and white box come out, and we didn't have any sexual immorality on that thing. But the preachers was just worried that it was going to take time away from prayer because it was entertaining us. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm talking about, about taking something away from that's no longer being just a tool, but I'm talking about being entertained. Hallelujah. I'm talking about a, a Philistine perspective. They, they, we've went from uh, of these men uh, of being afraid and, and, and fighting and, and dying and losing, so much devastation taking place, an unobtainable victory, and they finally tasted victory. And not too far down the road, they got comfortable. Hallelujah. I want to talk about the lust of the eyes. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes 1 and 8 says the eye is not satisfied with seeing. Hallelujah. The eye is not satisfied with seeing. Hallelujah. That's worth saying again. The eye is not satisfied with seeing. Oh, but Brother Cho, I, I got it under control. You know, it don't affect me like that. Lamentations 3 and 51 says, Mine eye affecteth my heart. Mine eye affecteth my heart. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something, church. The devil's working his way into our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I tell you this? You take an eight-year-old little boy, let him see the things that he sees, and by the time he's 14, he's not satisfied with what he's seen. You, you take a, 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 a boy at 16 years old and, and the things that he has seen, and by the time he's 25, uh, he's not satisfied with the things that he has seen. You, you take a, someone uh, taking a glimpse, uh, uh, take a young man glimpsing into the, the degradation of the darkness of the Internet and, and the things of this world, and he's going to take it home to his sweet little wife and try to, try to make her perform these things. Because the eye is not satisfied with seeing. It's never enough. None of these things are ever enough. And, and, and as we begin to go forth, let me ask you a question. What's the one thing in your life that will raise you up from praying when you're praying? Huh? I'm praying, seeking God. But oh, you know, sometimes we'll turn the ringer off, but we're going to leave it on vibrate just in case. Hallelujah. Technology is growing rapidly. We're a long ways from the little black and white boxes we've seen a long time ago. Uh, we're a long ways from these things. Uh, time is changing. Uh, the adversary, he's growing uh, by leaps and bounds. And, and for whatever reason that we think that we are bulletproof and we're invincible. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to tell you all something some of y'all don't know. I don't even know if my sister knows this, what I'm fixing to tell. About our father, Daddy Joe. My dad. Some of it I know she knows, some of it she may not. My father at 18 years old, and I, I may have told this story before, went into jail. He didn't want to go, and he escaped. 
And they caught him, and he escaped. They put him in prison, and he escaped. And they put him in another prison, and he escaped. They finally held him by chain and ball, busting rocks on the side of the interstate. He lived half of his life in, in prison, a hard man. He got out at 30 years old, and, and around 30, and, and met my mother. He went in at 18, started in. He went in and out voluntarily. Met my mother. Was a hard, bitter, racist man. Grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, one of the few white guys in the area he lived in. Come to God when I was 12 years old, between 12 and 13. My father got saved in an all-black church. Got baptized in Jesus' name at Elder Johnson's church. God began to take off the hatred. When I was a little boy one time, my, my father, before my father knew the Lord, he, he, he come to a, a situation. Somebody was angry, making him angry. On, they riding him on behind, and my dad locked it up until they rammed him. Got out, beat him almost to death, left him on the side of the road. Got back in the car and told me, I've never had a vehicle I've thought so much of that I couldn't get out and handle my business. And we drove away, left somebody laying there. My father was a hard man. But I'm going to tell you something. When he decided to serve God, he decided to serve him completely. He decided to sell out everything. I remember one night as a child, we had the big console TV in the living room. This is before they got so advanced to where they would have so many seconds of delay to catch people doing things they shouldn't do. Some guy in the news, was uh, the police had him in the back of a car, and he reared back and kicked the window out as they were recording live. He began to use profanity and use the Lord's name in vain, and my father said, that's enough. Got up and turned that dude off, backed his pickup truck to the, to, up to the porch, opened up the door and rolled that console TV out into the back of that truck, said, I'll not have it in my living room. He said, I wouldn't allow a man to stand here and do this nonsense in my house, and I'm not going to watch it through this little window. He was already on a process. He had watched one of these, uh, oh, what was the movie? Um, one of these Lampoon Vacation movies. That was the beginning of him deciding he's going to do something different. Got up, turned it off, said, I ain't going to watch these people having sex in my living room. Made him upset. I'll just watch the news. About a week later, that happened with the news. Dad rolled that dude out. He took it to the dump and pushed it out of the back of his truck. And I grew up without a TV for years. Boy, I hated that. I was able to have just something to play a little video game on, you know, when I was little. My Atari Hallelujah. Man, ain't we come a long ways. I look back at my history. I look back at my history, and they were afraid of the things that their eyes seen. And they ain't seen nothing. They were afraid of the things that their ear was hearing, and they weren't hearing nothing like we're hearing. Now they have a, a, a sensor. They could, they could slow things down, but now they, have, uh, they only slow down the little four-letter words. They'll let them use the Lord's name in vain now. Huh? They'll let them say things unbelievable. My, my father would roll over in his grave. But you see, we're strong enough. We can handle it because we got the Holy Ghost. 
wonder why we don't see miracle healings. Because my eye is not satisfied with seeing. We wonder why we don't see immediate deliverance. My eye is not satisfied with seeing. My eye is not satisfied with seeing. My eye is not satisfied with seeing. Or that nature of the flesh, the things that we see, we won't. Now, now y'all can look at me and tell I ain't missed too many meals. I can tell you right now that the marketing of all the food companies know that when they put that steak on there, I'm going, mmm. They know when they, they put them French fries coming off hot and, 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 you know, all these different things, they know they're working on us. I know I'm past time. I'm looking at the clock now. Y'all hungry. Y'all put me up late, so don't be mad at me. They know what the eye wants. And just because you get steak today don't mean you're not going to want steak tomorrow. Just because you get a taste of something today, your body is going to want more. You're going to want more. When we begin to get taste, the little trinkets of things, we want more. Now, we were talking about what's the one thing that will stop you out of your prayer? Man, we know our cell phone goes off, whether it's a notification from Facebook, whether it's a, a beep or a, a tweet or a, a Snapchat or a, a Marco Polo or, or a, a, a whatever. There's so many. I'm, learn, I'm learning these things. Whatever it is, you know, something goes off. We got to know about it, don't we, Sister Jerry? We, we want to know. She's looking at me like, don't say me. <laughs> and of course, I'm 45 years old. I'm, I'm, I'm on the far edge of the curve. I, I mean, you know, I was MySpace generation. MySpace is gone, you know. MySpace is old school. Nobody but old people, they say, is on MySpace anymore. I don't even know if it's still around. I had to get off of Facebook during the election. There was so much garbage, I just, it was making, I just, I, I didn't delete it. I just quit, quit, I just quit showing up. Just quit showing up. Brother Travis, I made the mistake of venturing in a little bit yesterday. And I was so shocked and ashamed to see the things people are posting and talking about. The racial things. Church folk. Not just pew folks. Preachers. Missionaries. That our church supports. Oh, now this is fun, though. They're just putting these racial things out there and these little comments. They're going to put a skin of humor over top of it. But let me tell you something, church. That ain't a God. You can put a skin of humor over whatever you want to. But there is a, a way the Bible says it seems right. There is a right and wrong. See, the problem is, is our eye is not satisfied with seeing. We know that the things that, that the internet has so much garbage. We, we know that there is multi billions of billions of dollar industry of the porn industry on the internet. We know there's some of the most god awful. They call there certain things they call these dark sites that most of us normal, uh, normal people don't even know how to get onto. There is so much unbelievable garbage. It, it is the, 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 an absolute, uh, it is absolutely the vein of Satan 
running through the underworld of the internet, pumping sin. We'll come to church with our phone, leave our Bible at home. We don't need it no more. We got it on our phone. I'm guilty. I'm at church right now with my iPad. Didn't even bring my own Bible. I'm preaching to me. I'll be honest, I had to preach to me. I was up at 1 o'clock in the morning last night seeking God. God has to beat me up first. I don't know why I ask the Lord sometimes, I say, God, why don't you ever give me happy messages? Why can't I be like Joel Osteen, you know? Thank you, Jesus. I really hope I didn't offend any of y'all. Hallelujah. Mine eye affecteth mine heart. The things that we see today is not enough for tomorrow. It's never enough. Hallelujah. The eye gets a taste of unhealthy gratification. It's never enough. It wants more. It wants more. So why is it so hard? We find our families struggling, marriages struggling, children disconnected. The eye is not satisfied with sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because the Philistines, because like the Philistines, we too have become spiritually careless, overconfident, and we can handle it. Because I'm saved, because I got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Instead of leaving the dangerous enemy for just work, we want to be entertained. I've heard time and time again, I'm not just trying to beat up on Facebook, but I've heard time and time again that Facebook is a great tool. It's a great tool for for the church. It's a great tool to witness. It's a great tool to, to tell people about Jesus. And you know what? It can be. It is. But you see, the spirit of Facebook, the power behind Facebook, is subject to the user. And the user generally can't handle but so much temptation. They said in the Old Testament scriptures, they, they, they talked about, uh, the you know, y'all know, and I ain't getting into this too deep, but we'll hit the surface of this. They talk in the Old Testament scriptures uh, when they had the, the, the tree worshipers. They said there's one that cut a tree out of the forest. They, they, they nail it with hands and put him upright like the palm. They, they deck it with silver and gold, and, and they worship it. It sounds like our Christmas tree, but I'll leave that for your imagination. But they said there's no power in it. It can't do anything. There's no God to it. People may worship the tree, but there's no power in it. The Internet and all these things, if, you just, if I leave it there, it's not doing anything. It has no power but it's subject to the user. It's subject to the user. Hallelujah. And my eye is not satisfied with seeing. Hallelujah. What's the one thing that'll get you out of a conversation at dinner and you'd be ignoring your wife and in trouble? Huh? Checking, checking Facebook, checking all these things, technology, our iPhones, iPhone watches, iPads, iPods, laptops, smart TVs. We forgot all about the dangers. 
Hallelujah, because it don't seem like our generation, we, we're beyond that. Hallelujah. And you know what we've done? We've done like the Philistines. They got so comfortable with Samson. We read in that scripture that Samson told the little lad, the little boy, that held him by the hand. You know what we've done? We've turned this fierce enemy, and we've let our children take it by the hand. And it says, lead me to the pillars. Lead me to what holds up the house. Lead me so I might lean upon it. Imagine this. Go with me. Imagine this. Say, Samson, if it was relevant to our generation, where we're at right now. Imagine him being led to the pillars and he's blind and can't see and he reaches out and he feels this pillar. He's going forth. He feels the pillar on the side. Puts his hands I would imagine I would look at the pillar on one side and I would name that pillar and call it as he's reaching. I would call that pillar social entertainment because that's one of the things that's holding up the house to our enemy. The social entertainment. And with his other hand stretched out upon the pillar of the other side, I would I would call that secret gratification because that's another thing that is holding up the house to our enemy. We live in a time to where we've gotten careless. We, we, we know, God knows, we know. There's, I'm not going to the bar, y'all, you know. We're not going to go down here and honky-tonk. There's certain things we're not going to do. But see, when you're at home and no one's around, when you're in your car and no one's around, when you're at work on break and no one's around, when you're, when, when you're by yourself and it's just you and social entertainment and easy access to some, 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 some reckless gratification, that's when the enemy's coming up and he's taking our children by the hand and he's leading them places and he's leading them to where he can bring down the house. Hallelujah, we have found ourselves in a, a time in a world, and I'm about to close, I'm trying to, I'm trying to stop. We have found ourselves in a time to where uh, the secret gratification, it seeds, it, it feeds sexual fantasies and unnatural affection. Brother, you don't even have to get on the piano. I, I'll be honest, but I think we ought to have just a little bit. Of, we're going to pray in a minute, but I think we need to all pray. I appreciate you helping me. Hallelujah, we, we're going to have a little bit different kind of altar here in just a minute. I don't know why I like to do everything different. Lord, it's, it's just me, I reckon. I'm, it's just what the Lord showed me today when I was praying. You see, these secret gratifications, they feed fantasies, unnatural affection. It scars the mind from finding out what's real. And it's hard to break free from, from this. It's almost as hard as some of the, the most addictive drugs. They, they've even uh, said, it, it's been stated that there's, uh, with, with the, the online, the entertainment, our phones, the addiction that we have, our phones and our and, and our, our, our being connected, they say there is there is literally endorphins that we that is released in our body that when we get on there, uh, like when someone likes something you've posted or you put a, a selfie and you look real cute and people say, oh, you look great, you're so beautiful, you're so handsome. There's endorphins that are released in our body. It is literally, it is literally a chemical addiction in our bodies, and we've just gotten careless and let it take over. 
We've come to a point to where it means more to us sometimes for someone to like us on, on a social uh, a program versus us actually interacting with people and building a real relationship and have real love and, and, and be really connected to people versus what we, we find. Uh, we get so caught up. Our children, my God, we have to have 100% uh, SPF because they don't go outside anymore. They don't know what dirt feels like. They're trapped in the house because they're, 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 my grandson is three. He can operate my phone better than I can. He comes over, Papa, let me see your phone. Our kids, we've, we've handed the enemy's hand into our children's hand. You know what? As long as Samson was confined and contained and had some restrictions, as long as he was restricted in the prison, then there was no danger to the children. But when they decided to use him for entertainment and they released him and took all the safeguards away, which is what we've done in our life, we've took all the safeguards away because we can handle it. And we wonder why we look at the news and see people doing all the hateful and, and, and we've already overcome the Nazi generation and my God, they've come back. Here's something you got to understand. Eternal things don't die. Just as the Holy Ghost is eternal, the devil's eternal. He's going to spend eternity in hell. We're hoping to spend eternity in heaven. So those old hateful demons of the Nazi generation, they're still alive. We didn't kill them. They just come back in different manifestations. The enemies of our past, we may feel like we killed them. They're not dead. They come back in different manifestations because the enemy never gives up. The Philistines fought after Samson for over 20 years. They never give up. But when they finally obtained, then they got careless. Well, you know what? Here we are, and I, I, I'm closing. We've been careless long enough. We as a church, we've got to recognize God has got something for us so powerful Hallelujah. I, I'm going to skip. Y'all are blessed. I'm going to skip through these notes. I feel like I went a little long. Hallelujah. I got one last question to ask you. Why did Samson take his incredible power? Why didn't Samson take his incredible power and his calling and destroy the Philistines completely? He had the ability and power. We've seen in one instance he took just a jawbone and killed a thousand. Over the year of 20 years that he ruled and judged, why did he not kill the Philistines? It's because he was in love with that which he was supposed to destroy. He said, she pleases me well. See, the reason sometimes that we continue to fight the same battles and we continue to face the same enemies is because we refuse to completely stomp it out of our life. We just keep saying it pleases me well. I'll, I'll use it for the good. I, I'll do what I can do. Hallelujah, but the eye is not satisfied with seeing. Hallelujah, so I give you a challenge. I'm issuing you a challenge. For 30 days, if you think I'm wrong about addiction, I issue you a challenge today, 30 days. Other than work, I challenge you to cut off your social media. 30 days. 30 days, cut it off. Other than work, don't use it. No Snapchat, no selfies. 
Now, understand, if you've got to work, if you've got to call somebody or you've got to talk to your family, I issue you a check. You know what I'm talking about. You see, if you don't find yourself, I ain't got nothing to do. Me and my wife yesterday, we really didn't even do it on purpose. We just never turned the TV on yesterday. We were talking this morning, it was amazing, and I spent most of the day down in the basement seeking God. I was like, you know, we had more conversation yesterday by not turning that TV on. And like I say, it wasn't intentional. We just didn't turn it on. We just got to talking and you talking about the Lord. I said in just one afternoon, and I, and I spent most of the day in the basement seeking God until late in the morning. And we still in that little bit of time had more good conversation, eye connection, looking eye to eye relationships. The devil wants to steal our relationships, church. He wants to take it from us. And you know what? I took in that basement, and I had to ask God. I said, God, forgive me because I am guilty. I am guilty of allowing the enemy to come into my life and to steal from me. I am guilty of allowing that. I wonder why sometimes why I struggle. And the Lord says, all I want you to do is spend a little time with me, but I am guilty. And, and I've been off Facebook since the, since the political times. But you know what? I'm just as guilty. My wife, you know where our number one complaint is? My phone. She says, when you come home from work, you don't leave work at work. Your phone rings. Bring, bring. And I answer, and I answer, and I answer. I'm guilty. We have so many things that we put in front of our family, in front of God. And I had to ask God last night, Lord, please forgive me. Help me, God. Lord, help me to recognize that the enemy that I thought I defeated, he's going to come back. Know that he's not going to lay dormant. He's not going to hide in the shadows. He's coming back after us. But see, God has given us power. We're the church. We're God's chosen. You know, he, he, he never intended for us to ever be in captivity. He never intended for us ever to be defeated. He never intended. He intended for us to have good things. So it's time today, church. Hallelujah. We're gonna have to, we, we don't have to have no long altar service, but I encourage you. Encourage you. Take the challenge. Go 30 days. Hallelujah. If you're like me, you may need to ask God, Lord, forgive me. If you've examined, if some things hit you during the word today, I, 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 like I say, I, I know this is not a popular message by no means. Nobody. It wasn't popular for me. It wasn't easy for me to receive, and it ain't easy to give out. I'm just going to tell you. Hallelujah. When God give it to me, all I could do is say, oh, my toes are sore right now. Stepping on my own toes. Hallelujah. But I encourage you as we come around, let's gather the altar for a minute and talk to the Lord. I know we're accustomed to playing two or three songs and, and, and being entertained by the music, but we did, I, I just don't want to be entertained today. I want to pray. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I, I don't want to be entertained any longer. We, we have been wanting and desiring to be entertained for so long. I felt like the Lord was just telling me, just stop being entertained. You don't have to have any music. That's what they were doing uh, 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 when Samson come down. They were being entertained with music and with singing and with dancing. We, we sing and we dance and we do all these things. But sometimes we just need to say, God, it's me. I don't have any distractions right now. Hear me, God. Help me today, Father. Lord, I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, pray.